Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We're back. We're here. <laughs> I can tell Andrew's in a little bit of a mood today, and I think we should get to the bottom of it. Maybe you should be our guest today. I'm the guest. You're the guest. So yeah, we couldn't really find... I guess we had a few guests, but it's just kind of hard to find people and schedule people. Like We're both really busy right now. Trying it's just to, kind of a weird time. It is, but I guess we never are short of things to say, or we don't always struggle with that we could talk about i won't do it in your ears COVID 19 <laughs> i'm definitely having some thought shifts when it comes to COVID 19 yeah the conspiracy theorist is starting to come out a little bit <laughs> it's just not making a whole lot of sense to me and it sure is a lot of work a lot of extra work for something that just doesn't everything feels kind of normal right now to me like it, like cars are start, like it's starting to get busier on the roads. Like when I come to work at five thirty in the morning, you know, the last couple of weeks it's been dead. It looks like a Sunday morning, but the last couple of days have looked totally normal. Lots of traffic. So what do you think that is? I think people are just getting kind of. I think they're getting stir crazy. I think they're getting relaxed with it, and you hope that that doesn't like trigger, right? You know, a negative consequence with everything. Well, it's hard because. I still don't know anybody that's had it. I mean, I know there's the public eye, right? There's people that we know because of social media, but the amount of work that I have to do here for it is crazy. And I guess I'm just having a heart. Like every, I drive by two hospitals every day and they look no different to me, but everyone just says, well, we just have to be ready because it could fill up. I don't know. It's just starting to feel kind of funky to me. I feel like we're going to pay. I think we're going to lose a lot more lives due to the economy than we are due to COVID if we're not careful. Because it's going to really have a far reaching. I'm grateful for the. I think Utah's handled it the right way for right. the most part. You know, like their big push. And I like that they've included like all of the, you know, like the Silicon Slopes. Like a lot of the business community, it's right. all kind of rallied because the key is testing right testing and treatment you know and so there's a huge push that just launched yesterday like they all I got together it. and like qualtrics has come together and they made you know testing software basically and it will help kind of right is that drive through testing and provo and orum yeah like if you like, like, like you go through like symptoms. the testing questions right and it will right. kind of quantify where you should or shouldn't be going and i think ultimately that'll help turn things around a little bit the more right. the more the more information we have the better let's just say that well the I more like info and the more data we have the better it's all gonna for be. sure and i like that they're talking about testing they're not just telling us all to stay home because i think people are starting to get a little frustrated with that because it's just not enough information and there's what we're being told and then there's the real world and to me they don't match up like i guess we're being told that all these horrible things are happening that there's this run on hospitals so I don't know. I guess I'm out in the world still because I have to be like at work and everything else. And I guess I just look around me and I'm not seeing. But we're also, not, I mean, no one's talking about Utah being a New York or Washington. You know what I mean? But even those, there's a lot of, you know, that whole like film your hospital hashtag that came out a couple of days ago. It's like there's some really big hospitals that are just like crickets. 
So my only, my only, my, I'll play devil's advocate with no, you. No, and that's that good. That's the thing. I, I want to talk it out because I don't know what to believe. Like I'm, I'm still playing it safe. Like families at home, we're quarantined. No friends are coming over. Like I, you know, I go to work and that's it. But it's yeah. So the the devil's advocate to all those videos are all of the hospitals have shut down elective surgery. There are no guests allowed. Right. So once you're in the hospital, it's not like people are coming in and out. And so like, as you drive by and it doesn't look busy from the outside, you have no idea how many people are on the inside. Yeah, but based on cars, wouldn't we know that? But like, if you were sick, I would just drop you off. You're not going to drive. You're, <laughs> That's true. You're not going to drive yourself to the hospital. I know, but I think you're still going to have somebody hang with you, right? They don't let you. Because they all, they all have like these tents outside for the lines, right? And none of those tents are... Here's another one. So I get a mass text yesterday from my doctor's office, my family doctor. And you can tell it was like, hey, we're still open for business, right? No one's going to the doctor. So if there were a bunch of people freaking out about being sick, wouldn't they be calling their doctors or wouldn't they be going to the... So I just, I'm just not seeing the panic that the news keeps telling us exists. Maybe that's just here, but... I mean, if you look at the numbers, you can tell it's not as bad, especially in Utah County. Right. You know, it's not as bad. Well, but they talk like it, like we're up to 90 now in Utah County. I loved yesterday how the news hit like one millionth person has coronavirus. And I, and I, I hate the fear mongering stuff. Like I realize that's the media, but the problem is not many people think like that. They don't, they just see what the media says and they freak out like 1 million people. That's not even a, it's like a percent of a percent when it comes to the world population. Like if you watch Contagion, which is a true story. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Here we go. According to the movie, this is what they did. And it totally I'm not seeing worked. the looting. <laughs> I'm not seeing the like 50% mortality rate. Like anyway, I just, it's interesting to me because it's created more divisiveness. I even fell vic- like not victim to it. Like I even, I, I sent a tweet out, you know, two weeks ago about the missionary homecoming airport thing. And I would still stay. I still kind of stick to that. I thought those people were crazy because that's such a huge group. But, you know, I saw like Spider Mitchell yesterday posted a video of a bunch of college kids playing volleyball outside of their apartments and just like shake my head. And I'm like, you know, they're outside. There's 10 of them. They're all kind of spread out on the volleyball court. I'm like, come on. It's it's just so divisive. Like now we're turning a whole set of people towards this group of kids playing beach volleyball, you know? It So, I don't like the divisive side of it either cuz now it's Well, that's what everything turns into now. It turns totally. into that and but at the same time like you said, you feel that way, but you're still acting. And that yeah. that's the issue with those kids. It's like you cannot believe it, but still it's like you're just asking for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like all it takes is, so it's just, but don't even just, that, but just don't do that. But even that you're asking for, like, I still don't feel like we're clear on it because there's so many different, some people don't feel anything like the numbers they're giving us are people that tested positive, but are, I mean, for all we know, half of those numbers are people that recovered already. So I don't know. I guess it just doesn't, you know, we've I, had what, five people die in Utah and they're all seven super old. Well, there's a couple younger ones, but like the younger girl had she had like op- open heart surgery a couple years ago right. and was diabetic. But here's what I know. 
my favorite person right now is Mark Cuban. Do you follow oh. him? Oh yeah. Like the dude keeps talking about just like how and just leadership on both sides are he needs been, to be our president. That's what I told him. I keep I keep tweeting at him like, dude, Cuban, just run Please. for president. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that's the leader we need right now. Like he has the balls to say what he wants to say, but just a much better head on his shoulders. Yeah. Like he so Yeah, it's know. crazy. I don't know. It's I guess I look through a lot of that stuff and I I've always kind of been like this. Like I just you know, guilty until proven innocent, I guess. Well, and for us, it's easy to get that way because of where we're at. And it's not, you know, if we were in an area where it was all around us, or if we knew people, you know, we would have a different perspective on it. And so right. that's why I think you just, you follow the, you follow what they're asking you to do. And so like Utah, we haven't been asked to quarantine, especially in Utah County. It's like social distance, stay home, right? which everyone is doing. Yeah. Everyone you know? is doing it. And so you just, you just continue to do it and you hope that, things get better and the data like i said i think the key to all of this is going to be real numbers because right. i don't think we got real numbers from our buddies over the seas you know oh, we haven't gotten real numbers from them for 50 years <laughs> one thing i will say is we failed like america has failed itself pretty greatly in this one like how far behind we are with testing i mean i don't feel like anything's really different in that we're still only testing 4000 people a day in utah I mean, nobody can get respirators. Nobody like it. It's it's a really strange thing, and hopefully, we wake up from it. Like next time something like this happens, you know, I think all of us need to be more prepared for it too. I mean, it'll. It, but what's going to change from it? That's the other question I have. Like, do you think handshaking's gone forever? It's a deep question. Possibly is handshaking gone forever? Are we going to bow? Just hugs. <laughs> Yeah, just <laughs> hugs and hot breath on your neck. Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. Well, and I don't know that getting rid of handshaking is the most horrible thing in the world because, I mean, what a easy way to transmit stuff, right? Yeah. So I think we sharpen up, like well, stick like, with fist bumps, elbows, and you know maybe a chest bump if you turn your head to the side. Well, it's funny. They, that Gary V video recycled. Jared actually sent it to me about him saying he never washes his hands. Like this was like before this whole thing hit, right? But like someone was talking to him. He's like, he's like, you go to the bathroom, you don't wash your hands. He's like, no, I don't wash my hands. I just don't do it. What? <laughs> I was like, that's weird. So <laughs> like, yeah, I'm building up my immunity. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's that is the thing. You wonder. I don't judge that, we, but like with a restaurant, obviously washing hands is a huge thing for me, even before this. So I'm definitely much better at washing my hands, but yeah, it's it's weird. I think it's like we're supposed to brush our teeth two to three times a day too. How many people do that? Or floss every day? Everyone admit, okay, we know you're perfect, Brent. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's hard. It's hard stuff to do. But yeah, hand washing, I think is gonna be a popular thing again. Which it should be. Which it should be. Let's hope everyone's hygiene goes up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know though. I know a lot of people that aren't showering either. That's they're so stuck true. At their house. <laughs> so I'm still a you know one one minimum. Sometimes two if I cook that day because I don't want to smell like smoke all night long. But shower in the morning and have a bath at night. Yeah. What's that? Who's, I love country song. I love it? a good bath. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> you know, I probably would too if I fit in one. 
that's the key. You right. Got- like if I hot tubs, you're right. I could sit in a hot tub every night. Yep. And be totally stoked. So it's yeah, but I do know there's a lot of people not showering. So yeah. And I'm just kind of over it. I'm just kind of over. Well, then let's get to some of the questions that we had. Yeah, it's it's good to talk about it, but we should talk about general conference, make some predictions. What's going to happen? Is Jesus going to be there? So what's really funny is there have been none. Yeah. Why, you noticed why, that? Aren't everybody ta- why isn't everybody talking about that <laughs> yeah. right now? I thought there'd be all sorts because they're home and bored. You know, President Nelson did say that like next conference is going to be very different yeah which i can't decide whether that was super prophetic or if it was just kind of like a threw a dart and got a little bit lucky because i mean that is very all-encompassing you know am i gonna get struck by lightning yes that's why we're six feet away i'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) maybe what he meant was you know who knows but but then again maybe not maybe he knew that i mean this is crazy it's a crazy time so so let me ask you this has has this made you either like I guess has there been or will there be any like lasting long term effects on you as a person because of this? Huh. I don't know. I think business wise there will be. I think, you know, I'll be more prepared for things. What does that mean? Well, like just being ready for the drive-through, just being able to like pivot quickly and have things set up. You know, I need to get a generator in here. I need to, you know, just little things like that. Like yeah. treat it as if something like this could happen again at a moment's notice. And if it does, are you ready? Definitely going to change some things at home. Kind of the same thing. Like I don't want to have to go rush the grocery store with every other person that's hoarding toilet paper. That If you have more than 30 rolls of toilet paper in your house, I hope you get a ticket <laughs> or a fender bender or something like you're a jerk. So the best so we maybe do. 50 because I know some people are really prepared like before this. But if you're one of the people that hoarded during this, ugh, I still can't just buy a roll of toilet paper. So this is what you need to do. So we do Costco delivery. So we don't even go to Costco. So do, so do we. So here's the thing. We had oh, it, I heard about this and they text us and said, do you want toilet paper? Like that morning, the person who was putting the order together right. text Jenna, and she was like, do you want some toilet paper? I'm sure. So we had toilet paper delivered to our house. It's a good move by the driver because that's going to get him a tip. Oh, for sure. Right? But our driver didn't do that. Like, we, <laughs> still don't have, we just have two floating restaurant rolls of toilet paper still that are the size of a hubcap. And so it's just, but I did hear that Costco, I think we talked about this last week. Did you hear that they won't let you return any of that stuff now? Uh-huh. No hand sanitizer. Like if you bought a bunch of stuff to hoard it, you're stuck with it. Yep. Which I kind of dig. So unfortunately, other people that need it can't get it. But I don't know. That's the supply chain is the thing that I hope we get fixed before next, you know, the next emergency. We got to stop outsourcing all of our medicine. We have to start outsourcing all of our medical supplies. I mean, we have to stop outsourcing a lot of things. We got to be able to flip on a factory here. Well, I think when things go to crap. Well, I think as every business comes back, I think it's going to be ones that do. I think it'll be good and bad because because this has happened, people will always think it can happen again. Right. Before this, I don't think anyone would have believed if you were in the United States that your business could go from 100 to zero 
in Overnight. days in days. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think as people started businesses, you know, they they factored in slowing and you know, negative consequences. But now I think as people come back, like to your point, I think everyone's going to think, you know, could this happen to me? What I'm Which wondering might not be a bad thing. I'm wondering, do you see let me just throw a couple things out there. Do you see less people starting restaurants from scratch after this, you know, or do you see less people doing like, I don't know, massage therapy or these, these businesses, you know, the service businesses that have gone to nothing. Do you see less we, people starting them? I think we forget things really quickly. I think after like six months of normal, things are going to just feel a little bit safe again, but I will say that I think people, so the restaurant industry, for example, I think you're going to see a much leaner and meaner industry. Restaurants have always just been pigs. Like I started this place and you know, it's cool to look back and feel like I'm smart, which is great. But like most people will start a restaurant and they think they need a quarter million dollars and that every little fitting and fixture needs to be perfect. I think you're going to see a lot less like white tablecloth fine dining stuff because there's way too much risk like you know the bigger you are the harder you fall type thing so i think the fast casual restaurant you're gonna see drive through and almost everything uh-huh. like every new concept they're gonna do a drive through because mm-hmm. they're gonna remember this yep the my drive through window is the one single reason i'm still open if it wasn't for the drive through window i would i would have closed because we'd make a few bucks still but not enough to pay you know, to stay open. And so, and I'm not saying close permanently. I would just close for a couple months, but it's, I think you're not going to see a new restaurant. So, so strip malls that usually get rent from like restaurant concepts. That's what I'm talking about. Like they're, I, they're done. Like, like they're not going to get restaurant concepts like, anymore. As I drove past here, like where the, what is it now? Like the Nordstrom Rack, like that part where there's always right. like those sushi places or sandwich places. It's those like, are going bye-bye. Yeah, like are they ever going to come around? Nope. At least not the new ones. Like if you're there already, they'll probably stay there. But if I'm somebody that wants to open a restaurant a, a year from now, I'm going to open something in the fast casual or I'm going to just buy a franchise, right? And it's going to have a drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Like it, if your concept does not work with a drive-thru, it's – I don't think people are going to open like five guys. I'm really interested to see what five guys does. You got to think they got to start putting drive throughs in that. Like you've got to start it. it, Well, even if like, I don't think you can retrofit a lot of the current buildings, but the new franchises, it's a no brainer. Well, like look at like the coast of Vitas, right? Like every single new one transitioning. Yeah. A couple years ago and And it saved them. Yeah, for sure. It has, it saved them. And that's the thing. Like it's been really cool. The restaurant business, um, you know, you'd think it's one of those things that would go away. Like that's the first thing you can cut out. Right. But what we've learned is people still need their comforts. Movie theaters have kind of all been that, but now those are just dead. That's another industry. I'm really interested to see what happens with. I could really see movies going to just streaming. Like, well, like what they're going to like all the theaters now, like you have the new trolls movie coming out. It's like in theaters and stream online. Right. Right. And so theaters, you know, I don't know if they get a cut from the studio for that. I doubt it, but you know, you've got to adapt. And now with the television and the internet and everything that we have, you know, the internet infrastructure has got to get worked on. Like that's, 
you know, I'm hoping all of that stuff gets worked on too. But, but yeah, so I still think you're going to see people open restaurants. You're just going to see, like, if I'm a, if I'm a property owner, I'm not building anything that may be able to house a food concept that doesn't have, like I'm end capping a strip to my strip malls with drive throughs Yeah, every time. And so, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Like I'm definitely going to have some stuff on hand. The generator is a big deal. I think I'm going to have, you know, get one of those for both the house and the restaurant. Well, I, think, um, I mean, I think he's yeah. going to do that for everything. Like Warren Buffett has surprise, surprise a quote, right? And he says, you don't know who's swimming. Na- I can't remember exactly. It's like you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. <laughs> right. You know, so I think what this has done is the tide's gone out and it's just exposed. Right. Everyone in every business that either wasn't ready, wasn't run properly. But yeah, I, I do think that business in general will change. I think it's interesting how it's come. Um, we've actually had a couple of questions like specifically from our Instagram that talked about business. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to find them right here. Here's one. I kind of asked you this, but what has been the hardest part for you in the last couple of weeks? Um, question from my mom. Susie? <laughs> yeah. She's so good to us. That, for me personally, it's just been, I mean, I've been working like sun up to sundown. Like I've been putting more hours in because I got to keep labor down. Um, obviously the hardest thing is just getting people here and keeping it steady and then offer like the best service possible without having to like have 17 people working at the same time. Um, as far as like the sad part of it, the dining room, I posted like a week ago. I, it's still so hard for me to walk out into the dining room for something and just see it empty. Like it's such an eerie kind of sad feeling. Cause that's such a community, you know, the community part is one of the, my favorite parts of it. Um, it's cool to see everybody rally around restaurants. Um, but yeah, just having to be creative. It's funny cause it's hard, but it's also, it's also kind of been confidence inspiring. Like it's been, it's cool to know that we can be creative and it's also shown me how much fluff I need to cut out. Like we're more like lean and mean financially right now than we ever have been. And you know, you really have to like look in the mirror and, and figure things out and make some tough choices. Like I've changed some pay structure with some people cause I've just, I felt like I was overpaying. Um, it's, and even the way that we order and do inventory, like we are getting so much more dialed in, but so that's a lot of work, but then just every day, just not really knowing who's coming, who's not. Cause I mean, even with us, people have totally rallied and supported us, but we're still kind of off the beaten path. We're not a fast food joint. Like the chain joints with drive throughs are just making money hand over fist right now. In fact, I can't even, I don't think I really wouldn't be surprised if in and outs and like Chick-fil-A's for example, are making more money than ever because everyone's home, right? It's not, you don't have like your workforce lunch or your family's going out for the occasional dinner. Like they've got a full 20 car deep line from 11 in the morning or from nine in the morning. If it's Chick-fil-A till, you know, close. And so, so yeah, it's, I don't know. 
I I don't know what if it's going to change. How many restaurants are going to open without dining rooms now? You know, do you think that's a thing? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, why if if you could if you could run, I to your point, if you could run a successful drive-through only without the overhead of a dining room, would you? No. I would. I, it's but that's just my genre. Like community is such a big part of it and so um that hustle and bustle of the diving or diving room dining room is it's an important part of it now if i was a coffee shop or you know a so delicious or something like i would never have a seat again yeah i would be drive through only all day long in fact even like mcdonald's like fast food joints why do they have dining rooms like I really wouldn't be surprised to see them go dining room less. Yeah, from here on out. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Sonic. Right? Yeah, Sonic does it. I mean, it's hard to put them. I mean, I don't know if they're even top ten as far as sales goes and franchises. And but is that why? Yeah. Right. Like they're perfectly suited for what's going on right now. And so it. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think we're going to see a lot more of the like robotic cooks happening now, like which has been something kind of leaking into the industry right now as it is. I mean, a robot can make the perfect pancake over and over and over and over and never get sick, doesn't spread viruses. So that's another unfortunate, I think, side effect of this. Let me ask you a really hard question, make you feel a little uncomfortable. Why are restaurants getting so much preferable press right now? Like preferential treatment? Yep. I, I just made up a word. I don't even think that is a real word that I just said. Preferable is a real word. See, I'm so smart. Yeah, that's really smart. But everywhere people are talking about supporting local, buy local, local restaurants, help help local out, right? There's a lot of other local businesses struggling Right. that I don't know how you can help them out but no one's talking about helping them out. You well, know, like I think it all, it all boils down to like restaurants employ a ton of people, like probably a lot more than people think. I mean, if you think of how many restaurants there are and how many people are, I think it's one of those businesses that can stay in business right now because of what's going on. But, and that might be it. Right. Like I don't think it's that they employ more necessarily than other businesses. Cause I think a lot of business owners would say otherwise. You know, they have quite a few employees as well that have well, had to close their just, doors. Well, what I'm saying is just the sheer amount of restaurants that there are. I don't think people realize how many people work in food service. Yeah. And it is a it is an industry that can stay open during this, but they've had to adapt and they're, all their dining rooms are shut down. Like a massage therapist, right, for example, mm-hmm. like what's another, throughout another industry, I, I even thought like a dentist, right? Like think of like, that's the crazy thing. Cause right. like I was talking to a friend who he's like, yeah, this dentist was building this house and had to stop because, but you can't really say, get out there and go to the dentist. You can't, no, and, you know, and, you, but if you could, I think they would. Right. That's fair. Like I, I think they I, are going to, it's, it's, it's an industry that you still can support. We're right. very, we're most of the other ones that are shut. Can't. You can't like I can't go buy a gift card at a dentist, right? And I, right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean. Well, and you know that brings up an interesting point that I would like to talk about with the gift cards. Yeah, 
I've actually been telling people like that's not helping businesses. Like, and this may sound rude. Obviously, if it's a restaurant that is not open right now and they need to keep paying some staff, gift cards will help. But what's going to happen in a few months when everybody starts ringing those things or, you know, using them? Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the restaurant is making no money. It's all gift cards. Everything opens back up and all your expenses come back open. Right. It's going to be just as bad as a month. It'll be a worse month for them than the month they sold all the gift cards. I guess the goal is to help you get to that point, right? Yes. And that, well, and that's just it. If the restaurant isn't open, right? And they, you know, they're working on a skeleton crew and they need to pay some employees, then gift cards and merchandise is huge. But if they are open for business and serving food, don't buy gift cards, buy food if you can, just because. That's helping them get the money they need now, and they're not going to have a big rush. Like I've sold, and I'm very grateful for it. I've had a few people spend well over $1,000 in gift cards. But I know with them, they're going to pass them out, and they're going to come in sporadically. Some of them are going to get lost. But best thing about it, you just need to look at... Yes, you just have to look at the flip side. So if you're if you're just trying to support a place that's not open but they still need money, gift cards, t-shirts, all of that is huge. Buy them, support them, right? But if they are serving food, if you really want to support them, buy the food. Yeah, instead of doing $100 of gift cards, buy $100 worth of food and go right. hand it out to people. Right. Well, and I'm going to I'm put some names out there right now cuz they they didn't ask for it. Keith Nelson, right? CEO of Nuvi awesome like fan of the restaurant what he's ryan smith same thing ryan smith the ceo of qualtrics for the last two and a half weeks he buys 50 meals from a restaurant every night six days a week and then he just hands them out and we were on the list last week keith nelson has been buying 10 to 12 family-sized meals from us once a week for the last three weeks and he just hands them out that's the type of stuff that is huge for us like you're helping the restaurants we're making money but you're also helping families that could probably use a good meal and you know the other side maybe they haven't had bam bams and they get this free meal from someone else and they're like oh there's a new customer and that's another huge and that's one that's the good side of the gift card thing like you know maybe we get some people in here to try it but the fear that i have is for the people that are really pushing gift cards is if they do all come in within a month or two that's also going to be really hard for, for sure. them to for sure. to overcome. And so anyway, so yeah, I think I think I think it's an industry that is still open and operating, but I think if people don't get a little extra nudge like hey, get out there and support them, um they're going to kind of have the same outcome as a lot of the other businesses. So since they're open, since they can serve people and we can do it in a way that's safe. Yeah. I think that's why we're, you know, I don't like to call it preferential treatment. I think it's just, I think it's our government saying we got to prop up the businesses that are still going because that is a whole bunch of people that will not have to draw on unemployment. Like, let's save that stuff for the people that really need it, right? And so if I can keep 80% of my staff working and making money, that's just less draw on those resources. Yeah. And with restaurants, a lot of us are in the position to where we can adapt to the rules. And not to mention, it's it's a comfort thing, right? It's something that kind of makes you feel normal. 
gets you out of the house, go, go hit a drive through. Um, like I went to a food truck yesterday. It was in our neighborhood. I've never been to it. I'm not, it was okay, but it felt good supporting them. And man, they're trying so hard. They're all wearing masks. They have hand sanitizer everywhere. And so, so yeah, it's a business that can still operate. So let's support them. Yeah, for sure. That was a long winded answer, but yeah. Well, like for me, not being in the restaurant business, right? Like my business is, I don't have a brick and mortar that I close. I don't have a lot of employees, you know? So from that side of it, it's not been impacted for me. It's more like clients being impacted good or bad. So, I mean, honestly, for me, the most impactful thing of this time has been like me getting in my own way of stuff. What do you mean? Because if we talked about this before, like of how many businesses either innovate or start during these types of environments. And those are the ones who end up blowing up. Right. And just my nature of kind of the entrepreneur spirit and every single week talking to inspiring people on the, on the podcast. It's like, Oh, there's gotta be something I can do. There's gotta be something more I can be doing. And honestly, that's been the hardest thing. Like I came in today with in a little bit of a funk because it's like so many of these ideas don't know if any of them are any good. Don't know what you can or can't act on, you know? So for me, it's more of a, like what is going to change? I don't have, I'm not going to, do a drive through for my business. You know know what I (laughs) mean? Like I'm not going to, you know, so for me, that's been the biggest thing has been extra time, just kind of in my own head, trying to figure out how I can personally come out better from this whole thing. And professionally, like, is there another business to be created that comes out of this? Right. You know, that's probably been the hardest thing for me personally is, is kind of going through those mental battles see i would think a person do, that does what you do is such a resource right now because we're all getting so much mixed information about the markets yeah and you know so many people like like me it's just like well hey things are cheap let's buy you know but if you're in the position let's buy let's buy but you know you said that last week just because something's cheap doesn't mean it's a good it's value fine. right yeah. but to have that so like if i'm you and i know you don't like doing this but my gosh, Insta stories, like help people out. Like what a great service. And you know what? How many clients could come from that? But that's what's so hard is one regulation in my world right. doesn't allow for a lot of that. Well, how come the guys can do it on TV? Because if you're on TV, what? Well, I guess if you're just talking general yeah. stuff, you can. Um, just to help people feel more comfortable. All the people on TV, none of them are licensed, just FYI. Well, uh, right. It's entertainment. Exactly. Right. But. It's kind of like my barbecue classes. 90% of what's out there in cookbooks and on the internet is crap. Yeah. And so I want to help people, you know, cook the right way. In fact, I helped a dear friend of mine cook some barbecue yesterday. There you go. His name's Chris Harrison. Oh, good. So it was it was a fun little text. Like, hey, I'm going to cook ribs and brisket today. I'm bored. I've never done it. What do I do? Yeah. And it made me realize I got to do kind of the same thing I'm telling you that you should do. It's like, I should be doing little mini classes like Susie from uh, Hey Grill. Hey, she's been awesome. She's at it. Awesome. And she even told me, she's like, I have the platform. I've got my whole, you know, um, dang it. What's her subscription service cl- call? I want to give her a grill club. No, it's the grill grill squad, grill squad, grill squad. I want to give her the plug. Right. 
her subscription service at Grill Squad, like it's already set up. Come over, teach class. She even told me, she's like, you have 90% of whatever you sell. The platform's there. It's ready to go. I need to be like, how can we teach people at home or give them something good, you know, give them something worthwhile to work on. That's what I think of you when, you know, talking about different ways to save money or is it a good time to, you don't even have to talk about what, what stocks, right? Just like, is it a good time to buy right now? Here's a few general rules. We actually had that question come through. Is it a good time to get in the market? Right. And And that's the type of stuff that I think people would really love to hear. Like I do have 10, 15 grand in savings. Like, and I do want to invest it. Is there something that would be worth my while right now? And you, you know, you don't have to give them a, you don't have to give them any sort of answer because I'm sure that's where regulation kicks in, right? So For sure. Like you can say, yeah, go buy Amazon stock. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because I read a big article the other day that said buy Amazon and Disney stock. They're forever stocks that are lower than normal. Like Disney's under a hundred bucks. So let me tell you why. Because they're not licensed and so they're putting it out there. But as oh, soon as so a licensed it's person, it's because here's what happened. As soon as I say that, if you buy it and it goes down, you can sue me. So why don't you have me say it? <laughs> I'll be like, so I heard something okay. really interesting today. Let's, I'm not going to tell you from who, but. So here's what's funny about my world, right? And I had a, it was a fun phone call yesterday. One of my little brother's good buddies, he hit me up on Instagram and was like, hey, dude, I need some financial help. Like, can you just chat with me? And so I had a quick call with him. Right. You know, he's newly married. They're just getting started. They're talking about student loan debt and buying a house and very, very important stuff to them. Right. Here's where my industry, and I've talked about it before. Here's where I hate my industry and where it is so flawed. There is no way to build a business around helping people who need the help. That's what's really hard. So you couldn't charge them as like, a, you couldn't be a coach? I could, but- Like a you, life coach? You could, but- Gotta be a loophole. You could, but here's the thing. That person can't afford, like what are they gonna pay you? Right. Like the percentage of the money they make on the stocks you tell them to get. You can't do that. I'm kidding. (laughs) You can't do that. But here's the, but no, but seriously, this is, this is the biggest problem with my industry is the best advisors. So like I've been in the game for 10 plus years, right? So you go through the stages. So now you take on clients that have assets and money. And the reason you do is because they can afford to pay you what you're worth. Right. You know, like you don't have a dollar menu at the restaurant hell to the no right but technically it would be better for the people if your food was cheaper right technically you know but you've built you have a skill and a food i mean they'd like it better for sure not necessarily be better because they'd be getting really crappy meat but from brisket in mexico so let's talk about that so that's why the advisor space though is set up the ways it is because the advisors who can afford and have the experience and the knowledge to help more people, right? It's the expensive meat. They can't charge. Accessible. They can't charge less. They're not accessible to everyone. What and about so, like, how do you, so you can't provide that kind of advice for someone right. because there's not a business model around it. What about like a private Facebook group, like a subscription service? You could do it, but you still can't give advice. Really? No, because here's, as soon as I give advice, I'm now liable literally that if, you do what I say and it goes bad. Like I say, go buy Amazon and it loses a dollar one day. I can be sued. Now you might not win the lawsuit, but I've got to go all the way through it. And it shows up on my record as having a lawsuit against me. What if you had a mouthpiece though, for real? Like what if you hired an actor or a host 
for example, that wasn't licensed that you could do that. But then the other part is like, is that worth it? Is the juice, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, are you going to get enough people? Are you going to get enough people paying a little amount of money to make it worth putting your whole career at risk? You know, it's like if I'm, let's, let's say you did something, a, a Facebook group and you know, people are asking questions and you're trying to help them out the best you can. And it goes wrong for one, you now put everything else you have at risk right. with all of your licenses and regulations. But isn't that with any business like Anna? You know, it's a thousand bucks to buy her course. You get into the... No, because there's no licensing governing body that's over her. Okay. But I mean, couldn't somebody still sue her if they did something that she said to do and She's it not ended licensed. up getting them in trouble? there's not a governing body that's over social media marketing right now. If so you, what's the disconnect? Like if you did have somebody as your mouthpiece that wasn't licensed, is that enough of a buffer? Um, yeah, probably that's like it Fox is, news, right? It is. But then what's the credibility to that person? And if that person's building credibility based off of me, then I'm tied into it. So like if you were, for example, you could start giving all the financial advice you want. And this is what's most frustrating is if you make money, so many people come to me and say, Hey, my father-in-law said I should do this. Or so-and-so <laughs> said I should do this. And it's like, why? It's like, well, they've made so much money. It's like, that means nothing to me. Right. Just because you're good at making money doesn't mean you're good at But isn't there the same money. risk with the big dogs? Like with the guys that are your clients, like can't they sue you if if they lose money in something? For sure, which is why you spend so much time making sure that what you do for them is appropriate and you spend a lot of time with them. And you, justifies but you don't think the that fee. same thing applies to like a, a private group. Like if it, like if you had two to 500 people paying you, let's say $50 a month and you put that same amount of effort into them. That's the key. So let's say it takes 10 hours to provide good advice for a client, for one client that same time is still going to go into those less people. Sure. So if I'm working with 50 people or 500 people, I just like it, it, it's, it's the way off between the time and the money. Right. Right. And so feasibly from, I think from you're a, being a negative Nancy. No, it's not. Cause from a business standpoint, yes, he is Brent. Don't just agree with him. Cause you work for him. I think you can do it. If you have 500 people paying you 50 bucks a month and you're just having to stick to very general things. And a lot of what you're teaching them is probably coming out of the work you're doing for your big clients. I mean, that's, I mean, what is that? That'd be 20 G's, 25 G's a year, a month. Mm -hmm. That would suck. I I'm just, yeah. Devil's advocate, as you say, right? I just want you to be happy. Yeah. (laughs) But this is, this is the frustrating part, right? It's trying to find a way to help more people that need it. And it doesn't fit inside of a business. Model. Can you turn off your license? Can you cancel it? Can you get I rid could, of it? But then I have to lose all my big clients and that's where all I make my money. Oh, that's, and that's the conundrum. Do you leave the so, corporate job to so start that, your restaurant? That's like me saying, Cam, close the restaurant doors right. and just teach an online class. Would you? It sounds ever, pretty awesome. It sounds awesome, but would you do it? I mean, obviously I'd have to work my way up to there, but there's, I mean, in the scheme of things, there's a lot more money to be made doing that. Like, and a lot of people have done that. I mean, they've gotten so big on social media that that's where they're making all their money. Which is for like, me, it's just all like about conundrum, right? Right. Which is because for me, you see the opportunity, but yes. do you take it? Well, but I don't. I don't think that's a. 
a super fair comparison because I don't have to worry about being sued for it. You do. Yeah. Like, so that makes your decision harder. Yeah. So, and so, yeah, I get it. Plus bottom line is if I'm really into it and passionate and makes me happy, I'll probably do it just because that's how my brain works. But for other people, that's a harder, that's a riskier thing, but it's again, I think one thing that, and Mark Cuban talks about this a lot, there's, Nobody is teaching the common man what to do with their money. Not even in college. Like not in high grade school. school. Like that's the thing that I think people would pay for. Even if it was for kids. I don't know. There's there's gotta be something. But you're you're right, the oversight and what's sad is it's people in your industry that have made it that way. There's just so for many sure. shady people. Well, there's shady people and everything. But when you're dealing with people's The worst part is the most shady people are the people aren't licensed, and that's where they get because right. they can say whatever they want. They can go raise. How sad is they that? They can go raise money from family and friends and say, I'm going to go do this thing. And so when I talk to people who've lost all their money, it's a friends and a family deal. So if you're not licensed, are you saying your clients, would, your big clients would leave you? It's not your brain they're paying for. It's your license they're paying for. Or like, how does that, what's the balance of the two? I can't manage money for them if I'm okay. not licensed. I see. So I, okay. Like have access to their stuff and mm-hmm. move things around. Okay. I could provide consulting services to them. Right. But if you're not licensed, the those 10 people aren't going to hire someone who's not so licensed. It really is the classic, like, do I leave the good paying job, the steady income to like follow a dream or do something that makes me happy or it, it's scary stuff, especially when it comes, like you have a legal, like that's a much harder decision for you. It's not like I'm leaving UPS to start my restaurant. Yeah. I could get sued for doing that. Type. Yeah. Like that's what you're dealing with. So it's an even... Heart, you know, even taller hurdle to to jump over, but mm-hmm. it's it's too bad because there's so many people that could benefit from your knowledge, and so. But if there's a way to do it very generally, like just tips and you know, just a weekly pro tip or something from Andrew on, you know, use this app or start saving twenty percent of your income. And it will compound into the, uh, you know, I'm sure you can say very general things mm-hmm. like that, right? But I couldn't say it would compound because once I give you interest rate, if it doesn't happen, I can get sued. Uh, that, okay. That's what's so stupid about that my world. Crazy. <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah. Well, Brent, you're licensed, right? Let's get rid of that. <laughs> he just got licensed. <laughs> what? Why did you do that? <laughs> Dumb. Jeez. Well, no. Anyway. I think these are fun conversations because there's probably so many people that listen to us. In fact, we hear it all the time. Like I've had this dream. I do this, this, this and at home, but I work for this company. I have good benefits. It's secure. It's just scary. So I have so much respect for you guys for jumping out and starting your own business. And so it's, it's hard, but yours is different. Because it's not just chasing some passionate dream. Well, I've already jumped. I've already created business. I'm 10 years into yes. it. It's extremely successful. But kind of like you were saying, if I'm allowed to say this, like you want like you want to be super excited again and passionate again. And it sounds like you're kind of handcuffed from doing just going down another lane within your industry and maybe helping other people or making money in a different way because of the oversight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes it difficult for sure. And there's not even like a waiver you can sign, right? No. There's nothing that you could put in front of somebody saying like, listen, if you lose your whole life savings, you can't sue me. I mean, you can put it, but they can still sue you. Right, right. <laughs> That's too bad. And the 
Yeah. And the bad thing is anyone in my industry has kind of gone through something like that before I've gone through something like that before. And so it's like, so I use stash that app, right? I've yeah. told you about that before. Yeah, yeah. How come they can put so many like daily just cause none of them are licensed. Like mm-hmm. if I'm reading something that says, here's something to look at that might be interesting. Obviously they're working for a company that's licensed like stash is, is green dot bank or whatever it is. The bank though. They're not licensed advisors. Oh, banks get waivers. So they're not managing my money. They're just giving me advice on how to manage it. They're just giving me the platform. To well, they're, they're not giving you advice. They're throwing out really generic right. tips. You know, that's be- what'd you say, Brent? It's incident to their line of business. I don't really know what that means. It just comes as part of doing work gotcha. since you're a bank. I see. That's really, that's really tough. That sucks. It, it, it's a stupid, stupid, stupid world. I wonder how agents are affected by that. Like sports agents, entertainment agents, like, you know, are they able to like tell their client, you should go sign with this team. But if they lose money, can their client sue them? I don't know. I don't know what governing body they have. My gut would say no. Because a lot of them are lawyers. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's really interesting. People are probably bored of us talking about it, but I find it really interesting. It's it's sad. Like I think that's it's cool to make people aware of it. But um, but yeah. Anyway, if you've got a few dollars, so let's hire Andrew because he can help you. He's listen. My father-in-law has him. (laughs) He's the most conservative dude in the world, and he's very no-nonsense. So anyway, man, that's that's crazy. Let's end with a couple more. I want to make sure we get the questions for the people who hit him. Gotcha. Oreos. What was was the Oreo question? Oh, that was a very deep question. (laughs) Yeah, so it was uh, golden Oreos or original. I have an answer to this, which is sad. Double stuff only. Original. Okay, so it's just the regular... Oreos. I won't eat take, a regular Oreo. I'm going to take regular. Okay. But if it's double stuff, I'm going golden. See, for me, it's only regular double stuff. I won't eat another Oreo. Yeah, after the double stuff, you don't go back. No way. The double stuff is amazing. But I really do like the golden Oreos. See, I don't love them. So it's a good mix. They need to start making like a swirl box, just like every other one. Yeah. And so, plus, you know, it, it would be a metaphor for all of us coming together. <laughs> The black and white cookies. The black, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Heal the world. Um, make it a better place. Okay, here's another one. So we got a couple of questions from um, a nitty-gritty reunion. Oh, yeah. So I think I know where those are coming from. Robin and Jared mm-hmm. were on a live the other night, and they've had a couple other people talk about it. What's funny is we were planning on throwing like a big one-year party. Right not happening anymore thanks <laughs> no. to the corona <laughs> yep no corona <laughs> but for what i will call season two there are some things in the works for season two of nitty-gritty which is basically year two where hopefully we will involve more past guests and we'll find a way to have some more fun well you know joe rogan does that a lot and i think it would be fun because the rapport is now built with yeah. a lot of them you know like i was listening to pages I loved it. Our last episode with Paige Armenta was so good. But yeah. did you catch what we missed? No. Oh, did we miss one? What? You listened back to it. Mm-hmm. So, so you missed it again. But when she was talking about talking to her parents about like dating, okay, right? She dropped that 
I don't know why I'm taking advice from that. Like, they're both single. So we totally missed that. So she, you know, her parents are divorced. And obviously, like you and I both know, that affects a kid a lot. So yeah, yeah, we missed this whole other side of her that that would have been some juicy stuff. There's a lot of good stuff from our guests that we don't get to all of it. Right. So yes, the answer is yes, we're working on a nitty gritty reunion. We have some really fun ideas on how to do more like round table stuff right. with past guests or spouses of past guests. See, I think that would be the fun one. Bring a guest back with their spouse just opens up, you know, like it, or the, the husbands of Instagram, like all of these influencers, <laughs> husbands, you know, like I a re- support group for them. Totally. I remember that we're still trying to get Taysom on here. Hopefully he's listening, <laughs> but I still like Taysom is a very, like he's, you know, he keeps things close to the chest and, it was funny the first time I went out to eat with him and Emily, like Emily is just a little bit more like, okay, it's just Cameron relax. And you know, you get more. So I started hearing some stories that I'd never heard. And that's when I realized that having the spouse would be really interesting. Well, we've seen it with a lot of our guests that come husband and wife, right? Right. There's so. a lot more info coming out from them. So yeah, we'll, we're, we're definitely gonna do that. I like I like that idea. I really like the idea of having a guest back on as kind of a sequel, but especially if they were bringing their spouse. So on the spouse question, I think this is the last one we haven't answered unless you do, but how did we meet our spouses? Do you want me to answer? Yeah, you go first and I'll go. So I was, how did I meet Ashley? So Trey and I, my cousin, were going to visit this. Um, we had a good friend named Sydney who lived in one of the BYU apartments with like four other cute girls, right? And so we would just go over there to kind of hang with Sid and, um, you know, she had all these other roommates and Ashley was one of those roommates. And so I was over there for like four or five months just kind of hanging out. They were just kind of our buddies before I realized like I never, so my wife's five foot two. So normally somebody that short, I wouldn't have ever even gave a second look to, right? Right. But I was 25, 26, and it was even the first month I was in there, I told Sydney, like, I'm going to marry a girl just like Ashley. Like, that's the kind of girl I'm looking for. But obviously too short. But fast forward six months and the whole dating thing, like, I was so over it. I'm like, you know what? Who cares how tall she is? And I asked her out. So so I had known her already for about six months okay. with no ulterior motives, which I think is a healthy way to get to know somebody. But... um. But yeah, I asked her out on a date like six months later, and I think we were engaged like five, you know, four or five months after that. So anyway, that's how I met her. So similar, kind of funny, similar story with Jenna. So we were both at Ventana, the apartment complexes in Orem. That just sounds romantic. (laughs) Ventana. And I remember we met, so she, her and her friend, because she's from Washington, right? So she and her friend were down there and we were at a family home evening. And at the time I had one of those, I mean, the TVs with the VCRs in it, like where the TV (laughs) screen was maybe like six to eight inches big, right? right? The combo. Yeah. And we were at family home evening and all of a sudden, like I heard these girls talking about, Hey, we got to leave to watch the game. I was like, what? Like, yeah, Monday night football is about to start. I was like, I'm coming with you. (laughs) I I have no idea who you are, but I'm coming with you. I had no idea. I'm coming with you. And so invited myself over. They had a big screen TV. Thanks to mommy and daddy. Right. And 
It was a big, Jenna huge. Is the baby. And her family. her friend was the same. Right. Oh, geez. And so. When, when? They had a big screen TV, watched Monday Night Football, and like literally became like instant best friends with the two of them. Wow. Like I said, so Jenna and I were like best, best friends for, it, oh, I don't know, eight or nine months. Right. Like I set her up with a bunch of my guy friends. What? She set me up with a bunch of her girlfriends. And because so my thing was always dating is I never trusted girls because the only example I can use is run, runaway bride. And <laughs> so listen to this, how, how they would always ask what her favorite type of eggs was. Right. And it changed based off of who she was engaged. Right. She were dating. Right. That's why I feel all girls are. They would change based off of the personality or right. what the guy was. And so and that's I, not working for you. So I was like, I don't trust you. Like you could say you're this, but as soon as you're, around someone else you're very different right so like jenna and i would spend hours at nights just talking to your point there was no ulterior motives and i don't know why like but it just never crossed my mind it was just like we we're i was best friends with them right and then i remember i had gotten tickets to rascal flats a concert oh and like it was a big deal because they were expensive and i didn't have a ton of money and right. jenna knew because we had talked about it so she's like, dude, who are you going to ask? I was like, I don't know. I need it. To, I need it to be a big deal. Like, these I want to ask Jenna, these were like where she was at during all this. Like these mentally. were expensive tickets, you know, and I had a couple girls in mind. They were her friends. Right. And then when I was like, Hey, do you want to go? And that's when she kind of hit pause. She's like, hold on. Like, I know this was a big deal to you. Like, why would you ask it's me like asking her to go to temple square <laughs> yeah. at Christmas time? <laughs> And so we went and the funny source, like the next night we kissed and like, I even, even that, like I went in like a couple of times just like to test the waters. I like went in, <laughs> nope, not going to do it. Went in, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> and then the funny oh thing, Oh my gosh. The funny thing was we had already planned a big cruise with like all of our friends. So there's like 20 plus people that were going on this cruise. We left the next day on the cruise came back from the cruise and I started looking for rings. Dang. So, well, and you're not, I remember when we all met you, you know, it, it was a big breath of, or a big sigh of relief because, you know, we won't get into specifics, but you know, Jenna had a certain type of guy that she liked Yeah, and it wasn't Andrew. No. Far from Andrew. And so when all of a sudden she brings in this, clean cut sharp guy everyone's just you know she she kind of had a thing for the the you know we'll say bad boy right sure which a lot of girls do but so yeah so yeah we, when we saw andrew walk in it was just like we all looked at this guy and did that like what soccer players do like <laughs> point to this guy like thank you god thank you we so, got you so yeah so we only dated for five weeks before we were officially engaged that's crazy and then i left to do like we got engaged she was what 17 yeah 17 and a half not that young. She was, was young. She? she was 19. Yeah, that's right. She was 19. Yeah, but if you know Woodward girls, like my wife was 21 when we got married, yeah. but she was easily five years more mature than I was. And yeah. I was six years, you know, five and a half years older than she's still a lot more mature than me. But yeah, but so yeah. she was 19. We got married in August and then she turned 20 the next month in September. So she was almost 20. But yeah, we got engaged and then she went to Italy for study that's abroad. Right. I went and did summer sales. And so right. we were a part of our whole engagement. And then we came, I came, smart. came back. That was a very good thing. Right. Came back in August, got married. And here Man. we are. What? We're going to be 13 years this year. That's awesome. 
with four little kids. That is awesome. Yeah, I think, what did we hit, 16? Yeah, 16 years. That's crazy. So, yeah, I've dated for five weeks, and here we are still. Well, see, starting as friends isn't the worst thing. I usually don't buy it. You know, when It's guys the only way it would have worked for me. Right. There's no but, way I could have just met a girl and dated her and trusted her. Right. I kind of had a crush on somebody else in the apartment, you know, and maybe that was a helpful thing. Yeah. But it's so, yeah, because then you get to know somebody for real. Because, like you said, there's no, there's no motive. You're not putting your yep. you know, best foot forward. But, well, there you go. Nice romantic way to end <laughs> our podcast. It was funny. I thought of, I was thinking about like after Ash and I, started kind of going down that road. We had all gone to California and it, we were still in that, like she knew I liked her. Um, but I didn't really get anything like super sure back. Yeah. And I remember we're sitting in Brad, da- I'm sitting in Brad Davis's hot tub, my buddy, Brad, and just by myself. And I'm a little bit like melancholy and Ashley comes out and you know, how girls like they know what's wrong, but they still are like, well, what's wrong? I mean, I know I'm just leading you on, but what's wrong? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm too old for games. Like, uh, I like you. I'm into you. And I remember just saying, but I don't have to, I, like, I'm not into it. So if you're in, I'm in. If you're not, I'm out. Just tell me either way. Let's just get it over with. And of course, it was like, I think it was Valentine's Day two days later. I show up at her house and she has this big Valentine's Day gift for me. And that was her saying like, I'm in. It's on. So yeah, I pulled out this Victoria's Secret box that it, some stuff I bought her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. What did I buy her? Like Bath and Body Works stuff that she was obsessed with and like a pillow. But yeah, that was that Valentine's Day present was the one that said, All right, fat boy, let's do this. There you go. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. I'm so glad I don't have to date. I can't imagine it right Stressful now. Stressful time, especially now with all the phones and I mean we had phones, but it was just like texting. There was, it no was social snake. media. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, are you still talking about phones? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're drumming on, but hey, last few episodes have been awesome too. I really liked Paige's. That was one of my favorite ones. So if you haven't listened to Paige's episode last week, she is awesome. We need to get her back on. But, um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us, and hopefully this made you laugh a few times. And We'd love to hear back from you. I mean, we're trying right. to get some more interactions on Instagram or right. go on the site, shoot us yeah. an email. If you've got a good question, shoot us a question. We'll answer it on the next one. You know, during our intro, if you've got ideas for guests or if you'd like to let us know, have one of our past guests come back on. Yeah. We'd love the feedback. So thanks for sticking with us guys. We'll see you next Bye. week.